Hi everyone, welcome to the Vineyard Church Cardiff podcast this week. Uh, James is preaching today, he's starting a new series called By Faith. We're going to be looking at the story of Gideon, so we hope you enjoy his talk. Hey, it's great to be with you today. My name's James, if I've not met you before. You've got me on screen today, and I'm starting a new two-part series. Love a little two-part series called by faith and we're going to be looking at the story of Gideon today and I've called this talk by faith the Lord is with you mighty warrior it's a pretty inspiring title isn't it pretty proud of that one I've lifted it straight out of the bible a new snazzy title that James has come up with straight from the scriptures (laughs) but this story in Gideon from the book of Judges has been deeply, deeply important to me over this last year during the pandemic. It's been a place that I've kept coming back to time and time again as I, when I spent my time with the Lord, I felt myself kind of drifting back. It's like, oh, I'm just going to read this passage in Judges again. And if I'm honest, Judges is not a, a book that I often drift back to. So it must be the Lord. But yeah, it's been really, really personal and profound to me. And all the time it's been like, Lord, what are you trying to say? And in Gideon, we see a man that just doesn't have it all together, that he achieves this incredible victory against um, his enemy, against the Midianites. But it's really nothing to do with Gideon. It's all about how amazing God is. (laughs) That's why it's so encouraging, because you're looking at Gideon and you'll be like, okay, God's amazing. God has done this. And we do see Gideon's faithfulness, but we see that wrestle that's going on that many of us will be able to relate to. And so in Gideon, we have this very relatable character. And so I've shared this passage, this story a number of times with our staff team during this time. But to put it simply, it strengthened me at a time when leadership has been deeply challenging. I've personally never led in a more difficult time and I think anybody who's been in leadership would probably agree it's been it's been challenging but I'm also encouraged that that God has never said that leadership would be easy and what we have in the Bible is we've just got this incredible comfort of God strengthening all the time uh, his people so when I'm speaking to you today I'm speaking out of a place of overflow out of conviction out of deep gratefulness to the Lord for the way that he's been able to strengthen me in this season. And my hope is that you will experience something of what I have about God's presence and his provision in times of difficulty and challenge. Now, unfortunately, I can't be with you in person today. That's why I'm on screen, because I have actually got COVID, which is annoying. I'm absolutely fine. Uh, I've had a couple of vaccinations but I'm not allowed out of the house and that's quite a big thing for me. My daughter Ellie's also got COVID and so I'm like, I feel like I'm climbing the walls. I'm in day three now and if you walk past my house and it says, let me out, it's not actually Ellie saying that, it's me. It's like, please let me out. A a big extrovert. And And I know I've also got FOMO about this Sunday, FOMO, fear of missing out because you all get to meet together and worship the Lord together and I don't. Anyway, enough about me. But the point is, I feel so deeply passionate about this message that I'm sharing that I wanted to show it on video. And rather than trying to find somebody last minute just to fill in and do a live preach, 
I thought, uh, do you know, I'm going to be on screen across the sites today. And as I start, I just want to take a moment to pray that God would encounter you. That's my prayer for today, that he's going to encounter you and he's going to meet you deeply. So not just in kind of a nice little shuffling way, but that the Lord would meet you. And so I'm just going to pray for that. Jesus, I thank you that you love to speak to people, that you love to give revelation. And Lord, I want to pray for that today. I want to pray for revelation. I want to pray that you change the way that we see things and that the scriptures would come alive. You talk about the scriptures being living and active. And I pray that that's the case. As we look at Gideon, that we can see some brilliant principles in there that we can take and that we can grow in faith in Jesus' name. Amen. So grab your Bibles. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is a passage all about faith. I love that it says at the top, it says faith in action. And, um, and, it, and it's a passage that inspires us and it shows us what does it mean to live a life of faith? So we're going to pick it up. Verse one, it says this. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. In the message, it says this. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God This faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. So when I think about this word faith, or when you think about it, sometimes it's something that's like faith. What what exactly are we talking about? It's quite difficult to grasp. But I think it talks about this in the message, which is so helpful. This trust, this faith. When we're thinking about this word faith, trust is very helpful. So faith is trusting that the Lord is in charge, trusting that he knows what he's doing, trusting that he's for us and not against us, trusting that even in the midst of hardship and difficulty, that he's good. Trusting that he's got plans and purposes for our life, trusting that one day he's going to make all things right, trusting that in Jesus we are forgiven, redeemed and righteous. I could go on. Trusting the promises of scripture. But I love in this passage in Hebrews 11, that there's this phrase that keeps echoing. It's like a drumbeat that runs through the whole passage. By faith, by faith, by faith. By faith, Noah builds an ark in the middle of dry land. And I think everybody around him would have been like, Noah, you are absolutely crazy. What on earth are you doing? There is no water here. This is too big. We're never going to be able to get it to the water. But God had spoken to him and he was proved right right when the floods came. By faith, Abraham moved to a distant land, even though he had no idea where he was going. God said, go. And he went. He was obedient. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they'd marched around them for seven days. And the Hebrew, sorry, the author of Hebrews just gives example after example for the first 32 verses of these stories of faith. And then in verse 32, he says this, and what more shall I say? It's like, I've told you so much already. I don't have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson and Japheth, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. I love that phrase just near the bottom that says whose weakness was turned to strength. 
This is where we get a glimpse of the upside down kingdom. That if we were to create a kingdom, I'm sure many of us would put strength right at the top. <laughs> and, you know, we see this perfectly in the example of Jesus, don't we? That, you know, when D Jesus died on the cross, it w to, the, to the eyes of the world, those looking on it would have been a moment of absolute weakness and defeat. It's like him being crucified. But we know that in the upside down kingdom, that actually that this sacrifice brought freedom for humanity and indeed for you and for me, that sacrifice. That's the upside down kingdom that we're talking about, whose weakness was turned to strength. Verse six says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith pleases God. God loves faith. And, and we see people being commended for, for their faith in, the, in this passage. The secret to all of these people, they're called the ancient because these are very ancient case studies. But the secret is that they were all commended by God. Now, this word commended is, can sound like quite a soft word in, in the English. It's like, um, it can feel quite weak. Oh, I've got, I've got a certificate or a thank you note. You, I just wanted to commend you. But actually, it's something so much stronger than that, that it has actually this word has a legal context. And it says God bore witness or God gave testimony to them that he was pleased with them. He accepted them. He approved them. He endorsed them. And when you know that you're living before an audience of one, <laughs> that you're coming before him and then it's what he says about you that matters you can take on anything. It's like, it's all about him. The end of the parable of the talents, Matthew 25 says this, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Well done, good and faithful servant, faith-filled servant. I think it's always a good but difficult question to ask have I been faithful with the talents that the Lord has given me? Would the Lord commend me for my faithfulness? Would I feel the Father's pleasure? If so, why? And if not, why not? It's, it's really, really important to reflect in order that we can reset. And the truth is that the Father always has his arms outstretched, but his desire is that we would step into his plans and purposes for us, that we would follow him with everything that we've been given. Now, for some of you today, I believe that the Lord is calling you. It feels like this last season has been one of sleepwalking. It's like, oh, and so when I'm using this language of by faith, by faith, by faith, you're like, oh, that feels a bit distant to me. But I feel like the Lord wants to enliven your senses today by faith by faith, by faith. And the reason that I'm talking about faith today is because I believe that as a community, as his church, that God wants to strengthen our frames. It's like sometimes where it's a bit like you're stooped over, it's a bit like, boom, wants to lift our eyes up. He wants us to build our lives upon the firm foundation, to live lives that shout of his lordship and goodness. And people that say, use me, speak to me, are people who are commended for their faith. 
So let's jump into Gideon in Judges 6. So let me give a little bit of background. Israel has been plundered by surrounding nations for seven years, for seven long, long years. They've settled as a people after having been nomadic. Nomadic kind of moved around and then they'd reached the point where they'd put down roots, they'd grown crops and they got all of their livestock. But what was happening is the Midianites were coming and they were raiding them. And so at night they'd come and they'd take their crops and they'd take all of their cattle and their sheep away. And they'd wake up the next morning and they'd been done again. And it just kept happening over and over again. And so I, you can imagine how deeply, deeply distressing that is. Imagine every time that you went and got some food, it got nicked the next day. It got taken by somebody who didn't, hadn't earned it, hadn't, had no right to it. They'd come and taken it. So the people are depressed, they're in hiding. So that's pretty bad. It's not a great start. But combined with this, they were worshipping foreign gods. They were worshipping idols. They turned their back on the Lord. And so they're really, really desperate. They're in a desperate place. And we pick it up in verse 6. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. They'd got themselves in a pickle. They'd, They'd... They were in such a deep and difficult place. And so what God does, is he sends them a prophet. He says this, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and I delivered you from the hand of all of your oppressors. Can you remember that I did all of this for you? All of the incredible miracles that I've done. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. How did they get to this place? How did they end up worshipping idols? I think it's because of fear. When they began to fear the gods of their enemies, they started worshipping other gods. And throughout this story of Gideon, you see... You can see this narrative of fear, fear of the enemy, fear of not having enough. Gideon's fear that he's not good enough. Gideon's fear that he hasn't actually heard the Lord, that the armies fear that the Midianites are too strong. So you've got all of these fears. And what I love is the way that the Lord just counters these things throughout the stories. There's this fear and the Lord breaks in and what the Lord does in each case. Fear can rob us of faith, of trusting God. That little question, but what if? But what if? What if I'm really generous and and then I don't have enough? What if somebody rejects me? What if God calls me and speaks to me about moving to a difficult area and I take my family with me? What's going to happen with the kids? How's that going to work out? What if? What if? What if I can't do it? That's one of Gideon's things. Faith is the muscle that we flex to conquer fear. Fear always infects worship. Fear redirects your worship. Fear stifles worship, but faith releases it. Then into verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak and Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abrazite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Gideon was living in fear, wheat in a wine press. Why was he in the wine press? He was in the wine press to hide it. The Midianites wouldn't be unable to see when he threw the, um, 
to see up the chaff blowing in the wind as long as you don't throw it too high. And so the grain would collect at the bottom of the pit and no one would be any of the wiser. I was doing it undercover. And Gideon is living in fear, understandably. Verse 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon's given a word to stand on. What an incredible thing for the angel to say. The, the angel's putting an identity upon Gideon because God can see beyond us, can't he? He can see who he's made us to be. And sometimes we're like, yes, but I feel this and I'm like this. And the Lord's like, no, 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 no. You're more than that. I've called you to more than that. This is who you are. You are my child. And these words that God speaks, this angel speaks over Gideon, are helping him to step into God's identity over him. And this verse personally has been the one that I've come back to time and time again, that I, I feel like the Lord has enabled me to stand on this word. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And pretty much every day I've spoken that over myself. It's a bit like, oh, the Lord is with you. It's an amazing thing. And it's so simple, isn't it, to be like, the Lord is with you. It's like, yeah, I just need to reaffirm that. And yes, it, this word is specifically given to Gideon. But I feel like the Lord has enabled me to stand on it, to live in it, that it's his word in season. And I, and I do believe that the Lord gives us different passages of scripture different stories for different times that he enables us to stand on and stand in. A fresh word from the Lord. And I believe that the, the Lord wants to answer that prayer. You know, sometimes when it's like, oh God, I need something to stand on, that that's the kind of prayer that the Lord want, loves to answer. And so I want to just take a moment right now. And if you're sitting there going, Oh, do you know what? I, I don't really have a word that I'm standing on in this season or something that the Lord's really spoken through. I want to pray that the Lord gifts you that today because what it's going to be unique for you. It's not necessarily the same word that I have. It's what does the Lord want to speak into your soul today? So, Jesus, we just invite you. to Speak. I want to pray for a word right now that people can stand on, a word from your scriptures that strengthens the spine. In Jesus' name, amen. What's really comforting as we keep going on in this passage is the way that Gideon responds to this word. So he's got this, the angel speaking, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon responds, pardon me, my Lord. Like, what? Pardon me, my lord? Gideon replies. It's just such a fascinating phrase, isn't it? But if the Lord's with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. I want you to think for a moment. Imagine that an angel of the Lord turns up in your bedroom. How do you respond? I don't know. I think it would, I, I'd want to crawl under the covers and be face down probably or, or in awe. Not Gideon. <laughs> he, Gideon just seems to ignore this amazing word that he's been given by the angel. Pardon me, my Lord. And then he goes on to moan. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. 
no acknowledgement, no thank you, no gratefulness, no pardon me. Gideon was so convinced of his inability, his inferiority and his insufficiency that what the angel said went right over his head. It's almost like he hasn't even heard it. It doesn't seem to make sense to him or even register. It's like, you know what it's like when somebody's speaking to you and you're thinking about something completely different. I have that. And, and you, you're churning something and somebody's speaking to you and you're like, what? What? I didn't really get it. And that's what it feels like in this moment. Other things are occupying Gideon's mind. But isn't it beautiful that God knows our potential and he knows who he's created us to be? He sees into our souls that he knows everything. And behind this modest and private, unassuming Gideon was a brave man. And not just a brave man, but a brave warrior. Not just a brave warrior, but a brave, mighty warrior. But we know that Gideon didn't feel any of these things. And I know sometimes when I kind of say that word over myself, it, you know, it's like, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. You're like, <laughs> not feeling that brave. But that's when the Lord loves to come in, isn't it? So we see Gideon delivers two complaints. And these are two questions that I hear again and again. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? If God is really with us, why did it happen and where are the miracles? Is the Lord really with us? And this is the question that, that Gideon's asking. Gideon would have heard about all of the accounts of Israel and the Lord and he knew the promise of promises of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He knew the story of Joseph and his rise to power, how he became the... Um, the prominent person in the land, apart from Pharaoh, he was the number two in the land. The, the Exodus account would have been in his memory. The, pla the plagues, the parting of the Red Sea, the cloud by day and fire by night, water from ro rocks, manna and quail, and the eventual arrival into the promised land. The, he would have learned all of these things. The conquering of the land and the victory of the people where the walls of Jericho came down. But his recent history wasn't so great and inspiring. Seven years of oppression had taken its toll on Gideon's spirit. And Gideon would have looked around and looked at the state of the nation and he'd seen the poverty and the fear and oppression of the people. And he'd experienced it himself. He was scared himself and he saw the desolation of the land and he wondered if the Lord was with the nation. Are you really with us? Really, he was asking, are you still our God? Why am I standing in the bottom of this pit, this wine press, rather than on the mountain? God, where are you and what are you doing? And so how does the Lord respond to this? Verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Isn't that beautiful? I'm sending you. You're the answer, Gideon. I'm sending you to save Israel. I love it. Verse 15. Pardon me, my Lord. We're back there again. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon is asking, how come all these bad things have happened? And the Lord responds, go in the strength you have and save Israel. I'm sending you. You are the rescue plan, Gideon. 
This is about to change. Walk out this identity that I have given you. I've spoken it, and now walk in it. When Gideon's saying, pardon me, he's basically saying, yeah, but Lord, I'm a bit rubbish. There's no way that you can use me. This is so far beyond me. Mighty warrior up here, me down here. But Gideon's been called out by the Lord. Gideon, I, I hear your objections and I'm going to ignore them. The one thing that you need to know is this. I am with you, mighty warrior. I am with you, mighty warrior. I am giving you identity and I'm giving you authority. He's put his identity in, go in my name. And Gideon still doubts that he's heard the Lord and he asks for another sign. And this is the pattern that we see throughout the story. That Gideon's like, I still can't quite get my head around the fact that you would use me. I love how the Lord is so gracious to him in the story, though. The Lord's like, yes, Gideon, it's me. But when the Lord has called us to go, to step out, we need to know our identity and the authority that we've been given. In, in this story with Gideon, we can see this authority piece down in verse 33. Now all the Midianites, Amalekites and other eastern peoples joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. And then the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abrazites to follow him. Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, an authority moment. God was giving him everything that he needed. And in that moment, they came together. He drew the people together. By faith, by faith, by faith, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Just a couple of things in recap. The people in Hebrews 11 were commended for their faith. The Gideon is a story all about weakness being turned to strength. And, and if you feel weak today, then this message is meant for you. <laughs> but I feel weak. I feel like I'm the, the least of my clan. And the Lord's like, yep, you might feel like that, but I absolutely am going to use you. I love my people and every single one of them is valuable, that I have plans and purposes for each one of you. And the Lord wants to give each one of us, and I believe this, a word to stand on, a scripture to stand on, a word that confirms identity and authority. And then in finishing over the last month or two, I've been speaking about this being a season of commissioning for the church. Every environment that I'm in, I'm like, I keep commissioning people. It's like the, 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 the moment at the end of the service, like, I feel like I need to commission. And I've talked about moving from comfort to commission because I believe that this is a moment for the church to live by faith. That so much has been stripped away. So much has been stripped away. But the Lord is calling us to keep stepping out as his church. It's like, do not shrink back. Do not shrink back, step forwards, that you have been given a message to deliver, that we are ambassadors of Christ. And therefore it's like, no, we're not in retreat. This isn't a moment to step back. This is a moment to press forward and to contend, to contend for what the Lord wants to do. And therefore that's what the commission is. In the same way, it's like Gideon, no, don't hide in the wine press. I'm not calling you to hide yourself away. I've got things for you. The Lord is with you. I've called you to stand up and I'm going to give you everything that you need. 
And in the same way with our community, the Lord's going to give us everything that we need. The Lord is with you, mighty warriors. Amen.